Hey there, this is Ashley, and you're listening to the Motherhood Unfiltered Podcast. I am so glad you joined us this week. As usual, our topic is about real life, unpolished, imperfect, and unfiltered. I keep it real so you can too. I don't take it for granted that in the little bit of time you have to spend on yourself each day, you choose to spend it with me. So let's get ready to be refreshed, to laugh a little, maybe cry a little, and celebrate all the things we face together as we discover our purpose in and out of motherhood. If you love me and you love this podcast, then I have something else you're going to love. Go to my website at ashleyhenriot.com and check out my store. I have the cutest items, teas, tanks, stickers, and even my favorite coffee cups. And of course, free shipping. What mom doesn't love free shipping, right? You'll find my message of empowering and encouraging women there as well. And because you listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you, my friends, a code to get 10% off. Use code LOVE10 and get 10% off your whole entire purchase. I'll link it in the show notes for you as well, sister. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Motherhood Unfiltered. I'm so excited for today because you guys are going to be talking to a sister, a friend. Like, I can look at her and know for sure, like, we know what each other are thinking. Even though she lives in Canada, we're just like, we were destined to kind of be together. We actually met on TikTok. And ever since then, we just like, it, our friendships blew up. She is a wife of, wow, 11 years. That is amazing. A mom of two kids and that are four and six. God bless her soul. Um, she is an educational assistant, which I used to be. So we connect in so many ways. She actually just went back to school and she is about to be done to become a certified teacher in Canada. We resonate with each other in so many ways. So She's always had this desire. And if you ever follow her on TikTok, then you'll know that she loves to empower women and be real about who she is and relatable and give others hope that like, it's okay if we have a bad day. That doesn't really define who we are. I'm really excited to have her here and to be talking about what we're going to talk about today. Like, honestly, we talked for maybe 20 minutes before I hit the record button and I could talk to this chick all day. Hey, Libby, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited. I probably said it 20,000 million times. Um, What I do with my guests, if you're comfortable with it, is I ask them to speak a blessing or a prayer or a word of encouragement to our friends. Are you cool with doing that? Yeah, that sounds great to me. Take it off, Libby. After you do that, just go ahead and like, Tell us a little bit more about who you are, because I don't think I did you justice. Sure. That sounds great. And thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited about this. I just wanted to say, like, may you be encouraged to be your authentic self as a mother and give yourself grace no matter what happens in the day, in the week, in the month, in your life. Just give yourself grace. Amen. So, yeah. I love that. Amen. All right, Libby. So you were you born and raised in Canada? I was. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Canada. I'm from a province called Ontario. For those of you who don't know about the provinces, 
I'm in Ontario. It's quite a big province. And I moved around a lot as a kid. I lived with um, my mom and my brother, um, single mom, and we lived in poverty. We moved a lot. There was a lot of instability in our life. My mom had undiagnosed bipolar as we were growing up. And so we really life was just unstable. There was a lot of different boyfriends coming in and out of the house and we moved schools a lot and you sort of never really knew what the mood was going to be. And so I was really made to be responsible from a really young age. I knew of the things of the world before most of my friends did. And, you know, I was paying bills and taking calls from creditors and going grocery shopping on my own as a child. And, uh, you know, we lived in different shelters and things like that. And so I now am a married middle-class mom in suburban, (laughs) in a suburban little town. And most of my friends grew up in fairly stable homes. And so for me, like becoming a mom was just this really interesting transition to everyone who I know just sees me as this mom who has it all together. And, you know, her husband's a police officer and she's got this great hair. And I don't know, like people just, (laughs) people saw me as this like just regular middle class mom. And so inside, I still very much felt like how I grew up. And I suppose my story is a lot of finding a balance between who I was and who I am now. Yeah, balancing that and how I mother and how I relate to others and just sharing my story of yeah perspective and We have a really similar background, which we've talked about before. You know, my mom is bipolar. And it was really very traumatic for me growing up. Because not only was she bipolar, but she was schizophrenic and she's an addict, sober since never. And so we have, I remember in the middle of the night, she would have seizures or, you know, be walking around naked kind of out of it. And I would be up knowing I had school in the morning um, and to put her cigarettes Mm -hmm. out because they would drop. Yes. So we have a similar past in that. And that definitely defined a lot of my childhood for sure. For sure. Is a part of that past really what gave you this passion for women? Like it made you passionate about talking to other moms about just like that perfectionist kind of pressure, you know, that we tend to put on ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you from your past and then going to being a wife and a mom, how do you think that affected you? Did you feel the need to be perfect to, Mm -hmm. you know, walk in that, but knowing you went through something so traumatic. Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely say that my childhood was defined by trauma and like multiple different traumas. And I wasn't taught like basic skills and how to be an adult and how to be a mom and how to be a wife and how to, you know, like even how often to brush my teeth and those things. Like I very much took care of my family. And so when I became an adult and when I became a mom, Yes, like I wanted to do it perfectly because I didn't have an example of what average looked like or how perfect looked like. I just looked to everyone who looked like they were doing awesome and tried to attain everything that they were attaining, whether that was like what they were feeding their children or what clothes they were putting on them or what products they were buying or how they related to their kids. And and so I tried to attain perfection in every aspect right. of my adult life and in my motherhood. And I just thought, I so don't want to become what my mom was and what my life was. And I don't want that for my children. So that means that I have to reach for the highest standard. And, and then to boot, I had friends around me who they too were doing that. 
uh, mostly because they were raised in sort of not perfect homes, but really stable homes. And so they were really equipped to do to do things well and to, you know, to research the things they were buying and to, I don't know, they just seem to have this knowledge. And so I looked to them and thought, oh my goodness, like they're nailing it. Like I need to nail it. Like they're nailing it. And so I was just reaching for perfection. Yeah. It all sort of came crumbling down at some point, but we can go into that later, but yeah, yeah. I definitely reached for perfection in my adult life. And then in the beginning of my motherhood. Yeah. We're very similar in that. I honestly, you want to know a funny story with what you're saying? When I was, when I first became a mom, I was a single mom of two kids. I got pregnant when I was 19 on purpose. And because, you know, that's going to fix everything, right? I went when I moved here and I got saved and baptized. I really hungered for what normal looks like, what it means to raise your child. And I went back to school. I got my GED and I started working in preschools short version. And I literally watched how moms packed their kids' lunches, how moms dressed their kids, how moms were supposed to support the children, what they were supposed to eat, what they were supposed to drink, how they talked to them. I learned a lot about being a mother by working in a daycare in a preschool Mm -hmm. because I didn't know what that looks like. I had no clue what it meant to be in a relationship. I got, I dove into a church And I got connected in that church and they basically became my parents. Um, I started living with people who are past, who are my mother and my, who are my godly mother and father. And I just kind of watched and listened and learned and got underneath these people. And it wasn't, it was great. And I learned a lot, but just like you, and I still tend to do it to this day, real life. I'm very hard on myself. I'm the hardest on myself than anyone else because I refuse to ever ever be like the way my parents were growing up. And I know in my heart that, you know, I can do better, but like just in the sense of I'm just genuinely subconsciously hard on myself. And that just comes from my childhood. That's just that shame and condemnation. And, you know, and I've had to walk through those things. And so again, I relate with you in so many levels, Libby. And just a follow-up question to sharing that. I mean, what would you tell the mamas that maybe put that same pressure on themselves? Before that, you talked about it kind of all came crumbling down. Like, what do you mean by that first? Like when it all came crumbling down. I'd love to share about that, actually. I'd love to share about that. So when I had my firstborn, she did all the things that babies were supposed to do. You know, she slept when she was supposed to sleep and she slept in the car. I could take her on coffee dates and she'd just be quiet in her little carrier and she ate foods when she was supposed to eat food. And she did all the things when you expect them to be done. And I only had one child. And so I could almost attain that level of perfection that I was striving for. I made all her food myself and I did all the things that I felt like everyone around me were doing. And I wore her and I like really just sort of wanted to do everything perfectly for her. And, you know, I said no screen time till you're two and and no sugar until you're one and and all these different things that were so well-intentioned And I just wanted to do the best by her. And I was able to do a lot of the standards that I had set for myself. And I felt good about myself. And I almost like gave myself too much value. Like I almost like prided myself on that a little bit. And then I had my second born, my son, when my daughter was two. And uh, he was a gong show. Like he just, he didn't sleep for more than two hours at a time for like six months. And any moms will know that sleep deprivation makes you an insane human being. Like I just lost. I felt like I lost the plot completely. 
And we also moved at that time and I had this toddler and then he wouldn't eat. He cried every time I fed him. So I tried to breastfeed. My daughter breastfed for 15 months. So with him, I was like, it's going to be great. And then it wasn't. He cried every single time I tried to feed him. And then I tried a bottle and he cried then. And then even as a two and three-year-old, he hated eating. He cried at every mealtime. So he ended up being diagnosed with something called a, called apraxia of speech when he was two and a half. And so that affects the, the motor muscles like in your mouth. And so that affected his speech. And we learned that that also affected his eating. And the reason he couldn't eat was because the muscles wouldn't work properly in his mouth. And then he wouldn't sleep because he was hungry. And so anyway... I ended up letting my daughter watch so much more TV because I was trying to pump and I was trying to clean bottles and I was trying to do all this while she needed me. And so the TV went on way more than I ever used to. And I made chicken nuggets more than I ever used to. And I just went into survival mode, right? Like as a mom, you know, transitioning from one to two is hard. But then when my second was so hard, like I had postpartum depression so badly, I just went into survival mode. And then so many of my rules and so many of my standards had to go out the window out of necessity. For survival because otherwise I would go insane. Like I had to just like let go of it all. And so that really became a time of transition for me. And over the next couple of years, I realized, oh, they're still okay. Like, you know, they watched two and a half hours of TV today and they're still okay. I still played with them. I still took them outside. I still did these things with them. I'm not a horrible mother for letting them watch TV because I couldn't make it through the day without a break or without a chance to get some laundry done or whatever. Like I allowed myself to like let go of things. And then I all of a sudden realized like, it's okay. Like they're still healthy children. If they eat craft dinner, they're still happy children. If they watch TV, they're still, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. (laughs) So I still have these standards of like, I want to feed my children healthy food and I want them to be emotionally intelligent and I want to raise them well and I want to have time outdoors and all these things that we know are good for kids. But I now just have this like, you have to do what you have to do. And we all have these different circumstances and there's single moms and there's moms with postpartum anxiety or depression or all these different circumstances. And all, and we have this pressure that we put on ourselves to attain the standard. And yet we're all in different circumstances. You know, my friends who are killing it. I mean, her mom was at her house every night making dinner for her family. She'd take her kids every weekend, all these different things. And so I was trying to live up to her standard, but I didn't have the same support system she did. I didn't have parents who could look after my kids. And so I had to let some standards slip. And that helped me to become a more happy mom and a more sane mom. And I would rather have my children eat chicken nuggets and craft dinner and have a happy mom who isn't on the verge of losing it all the time like my mom was. Like my mom was a basket case most of the time. And those are my memories of her, of just screaming at us and being like rage filled and I feel those tendencies. Like I, I have a tendency to be filled with rage and I would rather let some of my standards slip and I would rather let go and just have grace and just do the easy things some days and be a sane mom and be a happy mom and be a mom of joy than to have it all look like it's all together on the outside and be a miserable human for my kids to be around. It's so, so powerful. Yeah. So that's really helped me to just like seek that balance, I guess. You know, with my f- you know, I relate with you so much. Normally I don't bring up these stories, you know, but like with my second child, he was very sick, very sick. He was half deaf. So he's very aggressive. And I was a single mom. Ooh, that second transition did it in for me. I remember just like being so overwhelmed all the time. And then, and then going back and forth to the doctor and the third one was perfect angel. I was like, why not have a fourth? And then boom, your girl 
That child did not <laughs> sleep. <laughs> that child cried all the time. You know, she's still a, a tornado and we love her, but she is by far harder than my boys. Um, and then I was just diagnosed with postpartum depression. And I thought, you know, I always kind of like, I got this. I always go back. I always have this energy. I'm this go-to person. And then boom, that sat me on my butt. And you know what it taught me? It taught me how to give myself grace right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. those moments where we have it really hard and we have no choice but to let things go and let that high expectation of, you know, kind of like who we are go and who we want to be and the mother that we want to be like only vegetables and make all the baby food and have the clean right. house. And my kids are going to be on a schedule that I want them to be on and all those things, right? Those moments really force us to truly give ourselves grace. Just recently, my kids, like, and I share it, have a chore list. And we go down on the chores and they have to do it certain days of the week. And I am, I've had a, you know, a couple rough days because we're moving and it's been insane. There was no joy in my house. There was no joy in my children because I was just staying on trying to stay on top of them. And it was just becoming stressful. I wasn't enjoying my kids. I wasn't enjoying my life, my house, my nothing. Um, and I just thought, you know what? Ashley, stop trying to force the standard of living when the circumstances are changing. Does that make mm -hmm. any sense? Like, yeah, like we're in a season of let's just enjoy each other. And who gives a crap what dust bunnies are under your freaking couch? I mean, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. so I got with my kids. We're all about negotiations. Here we go. I'm not going to make you do chores during the week. You're at school all day. And you have sports and we'll just do chores on a Saturday morning and I'm going to let you guys be kids. And honestly, it makes me a little emotional just to flip the switch of my babies. And so it is very valid, important to, especially when we live in a world of comparison, right? Oh, yeah. We live in a social I've media world and we yeah. constantly have it. It's not even our girlfriend next door who has the mom that comes over all the time because I don't have family either. I, I've not, I haven't talked to my family in years, but it's we flip we're it's on our phones now. We yeah, see constant perfection. And mm -hmm. honestly, what would you, Libby, what would you tell a mama? And what are your thoughts on social media? And how do you think that affects moms? Well, first of all, just to go off of I have one thought that I was thinking as you were talking that I just wanted to share that, you know, the thing about the dust bunnies is I used to think that those dust bunnies collecting, like if I let it slip, if I let my perfection slip even a little bit, that equaled neglect. I was so afraid to let even one thing slip because that would mean yeah. that I had become her. And that would mean that I had become everything I didn't want to become. And it's been retraining my brain to say, no, it's just a dust bunny. It's one thing, or it's just a chicken nugget, or it's just a, you know, it doesn't have to have all this meaning that we attach to it. Yeah, I, so I tell myself, I would, used to tell myself, I don't as much, but real life, I still have to sometimes. I'm not a, my mother, the circumstances are different. I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> I don't beat and abuse my kids. I am not going to neglect my house because I neglected the dishes for one day. I'm just tired. Right. I'm right. not a failure. Just I'm just tired. Yep. And so, yeah, that's powerful, yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just always like, my thing is grace, like just grace, just give yourself grace and let go of the little things. And along with it, let go of the guilt. Don't let go of the little things and then guilt yourself all day. Cause that's not going to help anybody, right? If it's something doesn't get done, it's still going to be there tomorrow. And people aren't watching you as close as you think they are. 
I think that I always thought that people were just like watching me like a hawk ever since like my babies were baby babies. I would just be like, Oh, well, like they're watching to see if I do this the right way. People aren't like, they're not like we put the pressure on ourselves. Right. And a lot of that pressure does come from social media. Right. And so I used to really hate social media. Well, at first it, I, I've really gone through this, like transition of like, I loved it because I could like go there and be like, okay, this is how I can do this. And I was learning like how to be a mom and how to be an adult and how to do the right things. But then it went too far. The pendulum swung too far. And then I was comparing too much. Right. Oh my goodness. Like, look at, they've got all these meals prepped for the next month in their freezer or look at the state of this person's house or look at their decor or look at, she looks so put together and she's got five children and all this comparison. And so then I started to loathe, especially Instagram because everyone looked like they had it all together. And even though I knew in my brain that it was everyone's highlight reel, like we all know this, we know it's their highlight reel. And yet we still are like, but how, but how do they still manage to get that done or have that thing or have this perspective or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? It's still so hard. And so I've really, I mean, and I can go into more detail about how even TikTok is like my pendulum just keeps swinging and I just keep trying to find like that balance of connection and comparison. Like I feel like those are opposite ends, right? The biggest negative is, is the comparison. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest positive is the connection and like finding people like yourself and finding people who are like, oh my goodness, they get it. Like they get where I am and where I'm coming from and they get the hardness of it. And yeah, it, it's just weighing that, the, the pros and cons of social media too, and trying, just trying your best not to, to play the comparison game because comparison is the thief of joy. Amen. It really is. What would you tell a mom? And how to do that? Who was going through the same thing? Who puts pressure on herself? I mean, I I know for you, you take breaks. Yeah. Yeah. You know when to take breaks. And you, like for me, I don't get on social media when my kids are home. Yeah. I've just made that boundary, that decision that I need to be present with them. Yeah. I set myself up that I'm able to still post my things and do my things for work. Mm -hmm. Um, And still be able to be present with my children. And I I think, especially now that I've become a content creator, it's even a harder balance for me to find. Like before, when I was just consuming social media, it would be one thing to say, okay, it's time to stop scrolling. But for me, now that I'm creating content and I'm working and things like that, um, I can still even now struggle to find the balance of, okay, when do I turn it off? When do I stop? Or, oh, the kids are home. I'll just check one email. And that turns into 45 minutes of things. And so I struggle with that. And one thing I do is I'll literally turn my phone off. I will turn my phone off and I will put it at the bottom of a laundry pile because that means I have to fold the laundry <laughs> if I want to get my phone. Like, and it's awful. Like, excuse me, it's really hard, especially because in Ontario right now we're in lockdown and we don't have that social connection, right? And so often as moms or moms who are at home or stay-at-home moms or on maternity leave, you're at home and you're alone and you want to connect with others, right? And so I think it's just, yeah, finding that balance and almost like using it as a reward. Like, no, this is going to be my my social time. I'm going to set this time aside to connect with other moms on social media and seeing it as a positive. And then also setting a time to stop it. So then you're not feeling guilty the whole time you're on it. You're like, no, this is, this is my time to connect with other moms. Yes. It's on my phone. It's the 21st century. This is the way that moms are connecting right now, but also there's a time for it to be over, you know, back in the olden days. And when we would, moms would like go to their neighbor's house or go to someone's house, like, that coffee date would end at some point. Right. And so it's just saying, okay, 
we are going to have this social time and we're going to set this time aside to connect and like be seen and be heard and laugh or whatever. But then we're also going to say now it's time for it to be done because my family is important too. Right. That's really good. And when you bring up social media and you bring up like that connection, that connecting with other moms is kind of like is really good for us, right? Like it, it helps fill Mm -hmm. our cups. Right. And as moms, we know that filling our cups and trying to fill up everybody else's is like Mm -hmm. sometimes impossible for other moms and women. So what would you tell a mom in how to, and let's talk about that. Like how do we as moms fill our cups? What does that look like when we're trying to fill everybody else's? (laughs) Right, right. And I feel like it looks so different for everybody. But for me, like I have to literally schedule time to be by myself and to not be touched and to not be asked questions and to not be needed. Do you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to zone out into our phones and feel guilty and be pulled by kids and be asked questions by husbands and all this stuff. Um, And it just doesn't work. Sometimes I feel like I just say to my husband, I need to go. And like our house isn't that big. I'll be like, I need to go to my bedroom and be alone for half an hour or for 20 minutes. And it is amazing because then instead of being this mean, grumpy person who wants alone time for the rest of the day or for the whole time and not asking for that and asking for that help, I become a better wife and become a better mom because that gives me that 20 minutes, that 30 minutes to recharge. And then I come back out and I want to play with my kids and I want to talk to my husband and I want people to touch me and I want to be around them rather than not asking because I don't want to feel too needy. And then Yeah. Like, so I feel like self-care or filling your cup or, you know, like pouring into yourself, like it needs to be prioritized because when we feel well and when we feel full and when we feel at peace, then we're able to be the best moms and wives we can be. And it's not actually selfish to do that. I feel like a lot of people think, well, that's selfish to take time for myself or to do things for myself. It's actually selfless because when you feel well, then you can be the the best version of yourself. Right. And I love how realistic that is um, because I think that sometimes this culture of moms can think that self-care is going out and getting your nails done and spending a hundred dollars and that stuff's great, but that's not really nourishing your soul Mm -hmm. to be well for everybody. It could just be going and sitting on your porch for 15 minutes. And communicating it, right? I feel like sometimes we just want to run away, but sometimes, like I said to my husband, I now will say, I need this much time and communicating it instead of just, just leaving. And yeah, Yeah. sitting on your porch. Or or waiting to blow up, like you communicate it because you have this hole that's selfish and then you're yelling at everybody when all you have to do in the first place was be like, Hey, um, on Tuesday at this time, I'm going to take 20 minutes by myself and with undisturbed, could you handle the kids and preparing your other partner? But for moms that don't have that that partnership or that support, because you know I've been a single mom and the struggle's hard. Those alone right. times for me, if I can say, were sitting in my car for ten minutes before I went inside right. the house, yep. before I picked up the kids from the babysitter, I let them stay till five thirty sometimes at the daycare so I can have fifteen minutes to myself yeah. because and I knew that I worked all day. Yeah, it's squeezing yeah. it. I knew that I worked all day, and then to go home and have to cook. And then do homework and put the kids in baths and beds all by myself. I took 15 minutes for a drive. I went and sat on at the park by myself. And then I went and got my kids. That's not wrong. You pay for that time. And don't think because another mom picks up her kid at 3.30, you need to too if they're in daycare, like real life. I just want to talk to the single mom there. Like, girl, like I get it. 
it's okay. It's re- it's yeah. okay to take a minute. It's you're helping yourself and your children by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a person too. Right? Yeah. Like you're yeah. A person too. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and if I can bring this up to like brought it up about TikTok, we've met on TikTok and I think that people want to know <laughs> about TikTok because they, Livy is huge on TikTok and that's how we connected. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the benefits because obviously we love it. We benefit from it. Um, and then how it has affected your family and you positive and negative. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? So I started TikTok last year in quarantine, last year in March. So I've been on TikTok for just over a year and did not start it with any intention of blowing up or getting Did any of us or do that? <laughs> being a content creator. I know, right? <laughs> I did I just remember the <laughs> rabbit hole of like the first few days, like could not stop laughing and just like feeling so connected to moms being, this is a crap show. You were like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were like one of the first 10 things. I'm like this woman. I love this woman. <laughs> And then I found out you're a Christian and I was like, oh my goodness, she's my new best friend. Like I was Four so soul sisters. obsessed with you. I was so <laughs> obsessed with you. And then when you followed me, I was like, oh my goodness, Ashley followed me. I have made it now. You're um, so silly. <laughs> and that's how I felt. But like, it was so awesome connecting with like other moms who are like, yes, I'm going through this. Yes, this is hard. Yeah. Like where were they years ago? It wasn't until TikTok till all the real moms came out. Like we we all came out of our caves. Like, (laughs) right. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like these are my people. These (laughs) are my people. Um, And so it became this place of connection and this creative community yeah yeah community and uh, like I'm a creative person and I'm someone I'm an Enneagram three so I always need to feel like I'm being productive and when I'm at home with my children all day I don't always feel like I'm being productive and so then making content and connecting with other women and helping other women all of a sudden filled that bucket for me filled that like I'm being creative I'm doing something good I'm like I don't know like I just like fell in love with it and so yeah, creative connection, like community. You bring a lot of you bring um, a lot of value to me. You bring a lot of value in your content to me. That oh, like I you. always look at somebody and I'm like, does this value my life? Even mm-hmm. if they're amazing, because some people I just don't follow, and so everybody loves them. But I'm just like, you don't bring value to my life. You make me feel bad about myself. I'm just gonna follow you. It's my personal preference. Like not yeah. even against yeah. them. I just have to self care myself, you know. And yes, absolutely. Um, you bring value to my life. And I think you do that for a lot of women. Like, like for me, I'm like, Hey, Libby isn't following me. I've made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's, what's amazing about TikTok. It's not about a group. It's not about, this is our club. It's about community. And our community is as big as the East and the West. Um, And I think that's what makes it so powerful. I'm curious though. My kids go to school and tell their friends, my mom's TikTok famous. Like I've had kids all over my neighborhood. Like it's Ashley, Ashley Henry. I'm ready to talk about this. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about, like, I want to know your experience with this TikTok fame, if that's what it's Mm -hmm. called. And also what does your husband and your kids think about this? So that's like a whole mixed bag there. So let me just start by saying I'm an EA, an educational assistant at the local school. So like five minutes from my house, I work at that school. There are a thousand children who go there. They all live in like a five mile radius of me. So 
it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to take my kids to the park. Because <laughs> all the kids like over the age of 10 would be like, oh, yeah. And they'll like, and like adults would just like, look at me and like yeah. whisper to their friends, but the kids, what's like, TikTok? Changed. I don't even do like, I've had right. mo- women and young women be like, I don't even do that. I'm like, good for you, baby. That's, that's cool. But no, the kids have no shame. And so they'll be like, Hey, and they'll like yell at me. And so I'm, so I'm on a leave of absence from work right now because I'm hard of hearing and I can't communicate like with masks because I'm like, I can't read your lips. So I'm not at work (laughs) right now. And I'm like terrified of going back to work because I'm like, all the kids are going to be like, Hey, you're on TikTok. And I'm like, which is funny because right before lockdown happened, I was working in a grade seven class with 12 year olds and they were talking about TikTok. And I was like, you shouldn't go in there. Like that's a bad place. Like there's bad people on the internet. And I didn't know anything about it, but I was just like, don't go on TikTok. <laughs> Here I am. Okay, like I'm a TikTok mom now. Um, so that's cool. Um, I, I was able to keep it, I think relatively on the down low in terms of my kids um, until I joined Instagram and like started transferring some of my followers over there. So my kids are only four and six, so they don't really talk about TikTok that much. Like they're not on it. They like, they know I make them. My kids aren't on it (laughs) and I'm a (laughs) preteen. Right. Um, But then all of a sudden I joined Instagram and I got a notification that my um, son's teacher was following me. (laughs) I was like, okay, like, okay, cool, cool. So she follows me, um, like, like watches every story, likes every post. So she obviously agrees with it <laughs> or like wants to just like, let me know that she's watching super lovely teacher. But that was a moment for me where I'm like, so not only do all my coworkers know and all the kids I work with and all my neighbors, but like my kids teachers. So that's hard. Cause I live in a small town. I do too. Everywhere we go. I went to a restaurant the other day and the line was huge. Okay. My husband loves this. He's eating this up. That's why I'm like, what does your husband think? My husband is like eating this up. And I went and it was really, really busy in the middle of lunchtime. And everybody got called a number. Everybody's like 71, 78. Ashley, what's up? Here you go. And I just go ahead of all these people and like they know my name and I'm feeling it though. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> like I don't let it go to my head, but I it feels amazing. Like, but like it, I do get uncomfortable when the kids notice me or find me on social media. There was one girl, her mom loves me and she follows me and she's like preteen. And she messaged me and she's like, and I always message everybody back. And so I'm like, hey, like, you know, I don't think of myself like that. And so um, she was like, oh my gosh, you just responded to me. And then her mom reaches out to me and her mom's like, my daughter's obsessed with you. She's freaking out right now. And I'm like, Oh, I'll let me, you know, like people are asking me to send happy birthday videos to them. And I'm like, okay, like, that's so so cute. Yeah, I know. I definitely I get a lot of messages where they're like, I can't believe you responded. And I'm like, how can I not respond? Like, I don't, I am just a regular person. But yeah, I'm like, super regular, very much regular. But yeah, it does feel very cool. My husband, he has warmed up to it. So he's a police officer. He's a very like, he's super introvert. He's very private. Um, just generally, like, he's <laughs> Mr. Quiet. He's the opposite of me. So I'm outrageous. And I'm wild. And I'm weird. And I'm loud. And I tell everyone everything. <laughs> and he is the opposite human being. So like, quiet, um, doesn't want to be on social media, doesn't have 
social media. And then also like from a safety aspect, like isn't super excited about our kids or him being on social media, but he soon realized that it filled my cup and like, he wants me to be happy. Right. So he supports me. And then of course, when I started making a little bit of money, then he was like, Oh, okay. like, now he loves it. Now he's just like, Oh, sweet. Oh, you got that for free. Oh, they sent you this. Right. Cause you know, right. different companies want me to try their stuff out. So he definitely likes that aspect of it. And, um, yeah, he just like, he just likes that. It makes me happy. I used to get annoyed with him that he didn't want to be in my TikToks with me. Cause I'm like, this is how I have fun. But I have to respect that he obviously is thinking about the safety of our family with the type of work he does and respect that he doesn't want to be in there. And then he also respects the fact that like, I get so much joy and fulfillment out of connecting with other women. And like, I can use my experience for good. I always was, I went through this for a reason. Like I can help people. And I think I always thought like, oh, that's going to be in a book or that's going to be on a stage or that's going to be whatever. TikTok has like given me this literal platform to just like connect and share and that fills me up more than I can even explain and so he knows that that does that for me it was it's a god used it as for me too like god used it as an opportunity to do what he's called you to do to share your story Libby and I could keep on talking but I've (laughs) got to put her on the spot Libby what is the show that you are presently watching I'm curious too because you're in Canada do you have any like hot topic dirty show Mm. Dirty. Give us the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I am watching Firefly Lane. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I loved it. I'm waiting for like I'm about to go get all the books so I can because I can't wait. There's books. There's books. What? Oh, I love it so much. Like I just love the like transition between they were friends as like teenagers and then through young adulthood and now in like later adulthood and how they both came from different homes because that's me and my best friend like to a T to a T that is us and I just like love seeing like the different interactions and their friendships and it's just hilarious and it's real life and it's divorce and it's single life and it's pregnancy and it's kids and it's just like all the stages like I feel like it hits all the feels Mm -hmm. we'll read the books we'll we'll start a book club because I'm gonna I got I can't wait Libby, I'm so glad you came on and I just know that you're going to encourage other women. And I hope that when I start Instagram live, bump, bump, there's your announcement very soon that I'll have you back on here again. And we really can make people feel a part of our conversation. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Make sure to go visit my website at ashleyhenriot.com where you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in Motherhood Unfiltered, I would really appreciate you dropping a rating on iTunes and maybe encouraging a friend to join us too. I'd love to see you on TikTok or Instagram, where I keep it real (laughs) in the reels. Be sure to tune in next time. And thanks for listening to Motherhood Unfiltered.